Optimus Prime, and I send this message to any surviving Autobot taking refuge among the stars. We are here. We are waiting. This is Incited with Lanisha David. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back into the podcast where dreamers, just like you and I, bear their souls. Today's guest on the podcast is Enrique Josephs Jr. EJ is a voice actor and you may have heard his voice on somewhere like, oh, I don't know, NFL Films, ESPN, NBC, Investigation Discovery, and the list goes on. Oh my gosh, EJ and I talked so much on this episode from food, his journey to the NFL, building empires and legacies. We talk sliding in the DMs, sex, and relationships. I think a lot of men have a hard time letting go, depending on how good the sex is, with their significant other. I'm dead serious. Dude, that was a curveball! Be sure to like and subscribe to Inside It with Lanisha David on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. All feedback is welcome, so don't forget to leave a review. But for now, sit back and relax. Enrique Josephs Jr., y'all. It is totally. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming on the show. You're welcome. You're welcome. So my first question for you is: It's your senior year in high school. You're fresh off the bus or fresh out of the car if you had a car in high school, because because I did it. So <laughs> and you're on your way to class, and I pulled you aside in the hallway and I asked you, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" What would be your answer? I would say that I wanted to be a broadcaster because back in high school, I already knew what I wanted to do. Now, I didn't know specifically that I was going to be doing voice acting, Mm -hmm. that I wanted to be either in front of the camera or behind the camera or in front of the microphone or behind the microphone. And um, I was fortunate and blessed enough to have people and men in my life who mentored me from a young age that pointed me in the right direction, whether it was the direction of entrepreneurship or the direction of media production and broadcasting. So I had a video production teacher who's no longer with us. He passed away. Um, and he passed away before I could tell him what college I had decided to go to. But he was one of the biggest inspirations in my life, and he was the reason why I ended up going to the college that I went to. He was the reason why I ended up playing football there. He pushed me through high school to do athletics, to train differently. We talked about Christ. He was a man of God. Um, So I was fortunate enough to have somebody in my life like that at an early age, and because of him, it put me on a path that put me on the path that I'm on now. So I was I was very lucky 
and I was very fortunate um, to know what I wanted to do before I even got to college. Yeah. Isn't that amazing when you have those people in your life? Voice acting wasn't always on the agenda. Mm-hmm. So football wasn't a thing for you back then? Football was everything to me. Um, I'm going to share with you the journey, my, my, my journey that I don't share often mm-hmm. because it's, um, it's, it's something that I have to remember to look back at to remember where I'm at. So when I got to college, I was about 285 pounds. I spent the whole summer between, uh, between graduating high school and freshman year of college just training. My, I was recruited to play football. And, you know, they sent me the workout packet. I was lifting. My buddy and I, we, were, we just got super strong. Um, I get to college. I put on, like, 50 pounds. No, what I put on? I put on, uh, yeah, I put on about 40 pounds my first year. So I was 300 and, you know, roughly 20 pounds, 325 pounds after I was a freshman. I was strong. Um, I was actually in pretty decent shape for being that big. And... I had to take some summer classes because I didn't do so well my first years of college. I did terrible, actually. So, disclaimer, I had less than a 2.0 after my first year of college. It was horrible. I partied. I had fun. I didn't take my education seriously in that first year. So, because of that, I had to take some summer classes, and I got a 4.0. I got got my act together. Came home. I had six weeks between that last summer class and before football camp started. So I trained, did what I did, worked out, did what I was supposed to do. I came back to camp. I had lost 50 pounds. I went from 320 to 270 in six weeks. Now, I thought I was dying. Mm. I thought I was, you know, people thought I was on crack. My teammates thought I was on crack or something. You know, I thought I was having a, you know, I thought my body was breaking down. Turns out I hit puberty super late. So I lost all this baby fat and, you know, I kind of, I slimmed out um, and I was a lean 270. And, and as an offensive lineman, you know, that's not good. You want to be heavy, big, strong, because you need to be an anchor. So, you know, when I got back to school, everybody was like, what the heck happened to you? Like, you, were, I just saw you six weeks ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, so I played anyways. I, I went through camp and I still retained my strength, which was good, but I lost my weight. So, um, I put on some more weight. I went, I moved back up to about, uh, 285. I played at 285. And then, um, after my sophomore year, I went home for Christmas break and I lost 30 pounds again. I couldn't control it. And I was doing everything that I was supposed to be doing. And it freaked me out. And I, I, I hung up my cleats cause I didn't, my coaches wanted me to put on seven, 60, 70 pounds. And I'm like, I, I don't want to do that. You know, I don't want to do that on my heart. I don't want my heart to have to go through that. I mean, I'm only going to be playing. If, if, even if I decide to play at the NFL level, you know, I only want to play for 10 years max. You know, that, but that we're talking about my heart here. So I decided to make the decision to hang up the pads and focus on school. Um, it was a really tough decision. I would say I was a little depressed for a little bit for at least uh, that whole semester after I decided to leave. Um it was rough. I didn't like want to see my coaches in public, my teammates, but I decided to take what I, my, all my work ethic, all my hard work, all, all of what I had put into football and put it into my education. 
So I started spending more time in the studios, learning how to edit more. Um, I became the public address announcer, announced every single home game for every sports team. Um, I just started to just work. And even though I was still like kind of depressed, I just, I worked through it. And my teammate, and I remember I went around my teammates and they still accepted me as their teammate because they understood. And they were like, listen, some guys quit and they just become bums and they want to party and they want to have fun. He's like, but you quit. And he's like, and, and they're like, and you got on your grind. You know what I mean? They did what you, you know, you're doing what you wanted to do. And they're like, we respect that. And I was like, all right, cool. So, you know, I talked to my coaches. My coaches felt the same way. And, um, you know, it was unfortunate. I, I love the game of football. I'm, and my dream was to make it to the NFL. My, my buddy and I, we sat in our freshman dorm and we were like, yo, we're going to make it. Like, we're going to make it to the league. And he, he made it to the league. He's, he plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. And I also made it to the league, but in a different way. So we still kept our promises to each other. But that just goes to show you, had I not gone the route that I went, you know, if I would have continued to work as hard as I did at football, I could have had a, an opportunity to make it, you know. So, and I believe that in my heart, but at the end of the day, I still made it. So just in a much different way and less physical way. And I'll probably live a lot longer. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was, yeah, just, so, you know, it was just puberty and it wasn't like nothing. No, it was just, you know, I went to the doctor. Doctor's like, yeah, he's like, you just, you were a late bloomer. You know, uh, my body had grown into itself. You know, I started seeing muscles. Um, mm-hmm. I could feel a four pack coming. You know, <laughs> I had a lot of rolls, man. I was, a, you know, I was a big dude. Um, you know, I went from wearing 3X and 4X clothes to wearing 1X. You know, and, and I'm like, you know, I had to go through two major wardrobe changes where I literally had to give away all of my clothes because I couldn't wear them anymore. So and you was feeling yourself. <laughs> you were feeling yourself looking in the mirror like, who is this? I, 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 I didn't know how to handle being like, it was weird. That was like, that was one of the biggest adjustments in life that I've ever had to make was going from being big like that. Because I'm still a big dude. There's no doubt. I'm still mm-hmm. a big guy. But I went from being that big, like taking up the sidewalk big to being mean <laughs> and I didn't know how to handle it I didn't know how to I don't know I, I almost was like depressed because I wasn't big anymore too yeah. it was weird you know my that was a whole person that I knew and people knew me because of that and but you know my I'm health, I was healthier for it my knees felt better my back felt better mm-hmm. so I mean it was great but uh deciding to hang up the cleats was one of the best decisions I ever made, but at the time I didn't know it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I know it now. Right. I know it now. So how did your girlfriend feel? Were you guys together when you all saw that weight? No, I didn't meet her until after I graduated to college because I was I needed to get away from my school. The girls in my school was, just, was no good, was no good, too much party, and they had a different mentality. By what? the time I graduated, was getting ready to graduate, I was ready to graduate like I was ready to leave go home start working do what I needed to do um and actually after I graduated you know I, I was dating somebody in school and she was she was really bad for me I got in a lot of trouble and, and I, I mean I'm a I'm a good person I'm not saying I'm a baddie or anything like that but you know she just wasn't good for my soul and she was, you know it wasn't like she was gonna help me with growth she was hindering me a lot um so I, I ended up leaving her and I spent about 10 months after that. So I graduated in May of 2014. 
and I broke up with her in August. From August until March, I just spent that time just focusing on me, just working, um, volunteering at my church, and trying to continue to practice doing voiceovers. I would do, I'd go to work, I hated, and I didn't hate my job, but I was a teacher, and I didn't like how I was being treated by my by management, but I'd go to work, I did my job, I taught my kids, I'd go to church, I'd volunteer, and then, you know, I'd go home, and I'd be doing voiceovers every day, like, every day, and up until, like, 2, 3 in the morning. Like, I didn't even know what I was doing, but I was just doing it, and that's all that I wanted to know was just, I just wanted to do it, and then sometimes I would go, and I felt uncomfortable, because I was this big dude, and they were like, ah, oh, like, you know, he's kind of intimidating, but, you know, I'm not a super nice guy, and, but I also had to learn how to be less intimidating as a voice actor, too, and, you know, and, and you know, people see a big black guy coming down the street, and they're always like, huh, oh. you know, so, <laughs> and that's always going to happen, yeah. but when I open my mouth, I have to remember that, you know, I'm a voice actor, you know, I'm a lot of different things. And as a human being, I'm a complex individual. You know, I'm not, even though we get stereotyped all the time, mm -hmm. um, an older white guy actually told me that. And I was like very taken back. He was like, you gotta, he's like, you know, you're a big dude. He's like, you know, you can't, you can't come around scaring people. And I'm like, I don't scare anybody. He was like, you're a big guy. Mm -hmm. right? and, and I was like, but he was look. he was actually looking out for my best interest, although it didn't seem like it mm -hmm. but he knew what he was talking about because he was a he was he owns a radio broadcasting company so he was trying to explain to me he's like listen when you come into the room he's like you know you have a lot of presence he's like but let that presence you know let your um your personality come before your presence he's like, you can have presence with personality and you can have presence with size he's like but let your presence with your personality shine and enter the room before your body does and i was like hmm, okay so something to consider. There are a lot of lessons that I've learned, little lessons, big lessons, but all the type of stuff that's kind of helped me get to today. Just a lot of things that have happened over the last six years. Um, you know, I've been out of college for four years. A lot's happened then, but just like even in between like that first year and that second year out of college, I learned a lot just about being a man, um, responsibilities, taking action, not being afraid, speaking up standing your ground, all those types of things. Um, I learned there was a lot of growth for me in those 10 months that I was telling you about between August and March, mm -hmm. where I just, I just really, I really spent the time focusing on me. And I try to encourage everybody to do it, to just spend some time just focusing. Like I didn't go out. I didn't, you know, I wasn't trying to talk to any women. I wasn't trying to go party. I wasn't, you know, nothing. I'd go to my buddy's house. We'd watch sports and stuff, but that was my, that was the extent of me going out. Like that was it. You know, you know, I just focused on me. And looking back on it, that was another one of those decisions that I made that ended up being one of the best things I ever did because mm -hmm. I was able to just focus. And that's a lot. Of, that's something that a lot of us can't do. We don't know how to focus on what it is that we want and how to get from being here to being even not even here, but just getting here. You know, before you can get here, you gotta you know take your steps. So it was it was a interesting time period there, those nine months um, of just learning about me. Do you still talk to the girl that was bad for you? No, nah, that's that's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> no. <Nah, nah. Okay. laughs>
I understand. I get it. Everybody had those relationships where they just had to walk away. Oh, I mean, I do feel like those relationships are, they're painful. They're hard to get through. They're hard to get out of. Mm-hmm. But you learn so much about what's not good for you. I mean, it's good to know what is what you do like and what is good for you. But it's, you know, some of the best lessons in life are the ones that's, you know, where it hurts you emotionally or physically or it just or even when you think about it i'm sure when you think about them you know you think of pain or you think of some of the things you went through and how you don't want to go through that again you know what i mean so those are some of the best like oh man it, mm. i would never do that again i would not want to do that again but, it's, it's interesting you know. to hear your perspective because you know guys one men and women are, are are so different when it comes to relationships and how they feel I feel like guys, y'all have a hard time letting things go. And then when women let go, we let go. I feel like it depends, though. Especially in today's world, I will say I feel like a lot of men have a hard time letting go. Mm -hmm. And this is not even trying to be shallow or anything like that. I'm just speaking of the truth. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of men have a hard time letting go, depending on how good the sex is with their significant (laughs) other. I'm dead serious. Dude, that was a curveball. I, I think that's a real. I think that's a real thing. So it ain't even about the relationship. Done. It's about the sex. Like no, because if you look at today's world and the world that we live in, with how how we even interact with women these days on on Instagram and on Twitter and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's from the beginning. If you go and just DM a female, that's instantly showing some depth of your shallowness you know what i mean like and i'm not saying that's what i'm in it for, and it's not what i'm in it for i'm in it for growth and and building i'm in it to build an empire and a kingdom you know what i mean so that's more important to me leaving a legacy and being able to be with someone that can build with me you know so but i do feel like some men look at and they value relationships off of how good the sex is and i feel like it's not a good thing mm-hmm. by any means but i do think that's part of the reality that we live in in 2018 which is very sad um no i agree but, with you yeah <laughs> <laughs> you just threw me for a whole curveball <laughs> this, this, this interview is turning into something different seriously <laughs> so so how did you stumble into voice acting? So you were on the broadcasting side. You knew that you wanted to be either in front of the camera or behind it. Where did voice acting come in? Um, voice acting came in. So right after I graduated, my school, I went to Bloomsburg University in Pennsylvania. And we, they were hosting a radio summit for a week. And I was like, hey, like, why not go? It was free. Um, no, it was not free. It was free for other people. I don't know why. But anyways, I paid and went. And it was good. Um, I basically was sort of, I became certified in radio sales advertising. I could go into radio marketing if I wanted to. Um, I then was able to meet different executives, on-air talent, uh, VPs of programming for different radio stations, for Sirius XM, for CBS Broadcasting. Um, but then, the one day, the guy that we had in, his name was Pat Garrett. And Pat Garrett is a radio imaging icon. Now, radio imaging is um, it's a form or it's a niche of voiceovers or voice acting 
but it's specifically for radio. And um, are you familiar with WDAS in Philadelphia, the yes. radio station? Uh-huh. I just actually the- sat in on uh, Patty and the Millennials live mm-hmm. podcast a couple weeks ago. Okay, so so for WDAS, there's a guy, when you listen to it on the radio, there's a guy that comes on and goes, WDAS. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. Pat Garrett. Oh, okay, that's, cool. That's the guy that I met. Yeah, so he does that for stations all over the country. And I had no idea that that was Pat Garrett. You know, I've been with, he's the guy that comes on and says, The Quiet Storm on WDAS. Oh, that and guy. then the song yeah. be like, Quiet Storm or something like that? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's the guy. Like, he does the imaging for the entire station. So, um, you know, uh, it's your uh, WDAS traffic report, all that type of stuff. That's Mm -hmm. Pat. So, Pat, and and he does that for all these stations. So, I got to meet him. He came, and he lives in Jacksonville, Florida, and he does all this from his home. He's got his own company. And I met him, and... uh, he let us all do these demos and my demo wasn't half bad like it wasn't bad and he, and he pulled me to the side we were having lunch one day and he was like look if you want to do this he's like I think you can do it he's like all you have to do is do it and I was like what that was the I was like that was the most vague thing ex- advice I have ever been given he's like you can do it just got to do it but and you, if you think about it it makes so much sense say it one more time so he's like if you want to do this you can do it you just have to do it and now and at the time i'm sitting there like thanks pat <laughs> so helpful but in reality that's exactly what i did i just started i just took the first step and just did, did something. I did it. Not I had no idea what I was doing. Like I just did. And I started working on this website and I was doing voiceovers for like five dollars, for ten dollars. I was doing them I started doing stuff for free. I started then it started turning into like twenty dollars and thirty dollars. So and that was, you know, a time. I mean we're talking about a couple of years. I only made like two thousand dollars doing voiceovers over like a year and a half mm-hmm. just because i was just i just wanted to practice i was just you know learning and i just kept growing and i kept growing and i mean i was still garbage you know i had a i have a great voice and i've had a great voice for since i was 13 but i mean i didn't know how to use it garbage garbage mm, yeah garbage sorry <laughs> You are so. You are so funny. That's something. Me and my me and my best friend Derek, we've been you know we've been coming up with phrases and catchphrases and stuff since you know we've known each other since we can remember remembering things. We've been friends for that long, Uh and like we would say that in high. That's garbage. That's that's garbage. So, but we yeah we just came up with a lot of stuff. But that's a story for another day. Um, I'm I'm sorry. I should have said garbage. (laughs) No, you're fine. You're fine. Um, but I knew, like, that's what I'm saying, I wasn't garbage. I wasn't garbage. I wasn't, I don't want to say I was good because I wasn't good. I was, I was bad. I was a bad voice actor. I didn't know anything about anything. I was just doing just because I wanted to and I wanted to, you know, this is what I wanted to do. So, I left 
the website. No, I didn't. No, I didn't leave the website I was on. I kept working on there, and then I kind of started working on other websites and stuff like <laughs> that. But I mean, it was you know, I, I was just I thought I knew what I was doing, and I didn't. I took I took a class, an online class, and I didn't like it that much. I paid a lot of money. Meh, it was it was okay. So then um, I'm teaching, and we were setting up an event for our career day fair, and NFL Films. For whatever reason that I didn't know at the time, would come to our career day event, and I'm like, why would they come to our career day? Like, we're a school for juvenile delinquents. You know, these kids are in high school; they're not, you know. But and these are just thoughts in my head. I'm thinking, but my coworker was telling me when I first started working with him, he was like, listen, he's like, you should stick around. He's like, we got some heavy hitters that come through the school that may open up, you know, that could open up some some doors for you. I was like. Wow. 
Yeah, it was. Yeah, I was, and I love I love working with at risk at risk kids. Mm-hmm. I like working with young men, and I still work with young men today. But it just you know they, that can make an experience. You know, the, how you're treated from management can can change how you feel about whatever it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So I hit up Vince from NFL Films. I was like, look, look, Vince. I was like, look, I I have to get I gotta get over there. Like whatever, I don't care. Stick me in the back room with a mop and a bucket. I'll just get me out of here. Like I can't be in here anymore. And I was like, you know, is there an internship or anything like that that I can apply for? Just, just, just anything. And he was like, you know, let me check, make sure that the age requirements because I had been out of school at this point. Uh, going on two years right. so he just wanted to make sure that I was still eligible to apply for their internship program and I was like alright great so he emailed me back to like hey I checked with the coordinators like you can go ahead and apply um, he's like and when you apply let me know I was like okay so got my resume together got my cover letter together I sent him off to my cousins and just to get some other eyes on him sent it in a couple weeks go by come to find out I was with my girlfriend we spent the weekend together down in the city and I wake up on Monday to get ready to go to work. My colleague calls me, he's like, listen, 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 I'm telling you, he's like, they're gonna get ready to call you and they're gonna tell you some stuff, you're not gonna like it. And I'm like, what are you talking about, Rob? And he's like, listen, he's like, they're gonna, he's like, they're gonna lay you off. I was like, what do you mean they're gonna lay me off? And he's like, look, they didn't keep track of your hours properly. They're like, that's not your responsibility, that's their responsibility. He's like, so they have to temporarily lay you off until they get it together. And I was like, yeah, but what about, I was like, what about our students? Um, our, our students award ceremony we had a student that we were working with that had that was recognized by the state of pennsylvania for his achievement and what he was doing in our class so and we were going to take him to this award ceremony up in the at, the at the capitol but i couldn't i i was told i couldn't go now because i was being let go so they you know a few strings were pulled to let, allow me to go that wednesday but going back to that monday when i was getting ready to get the call i get the call my 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 supervisor tells me what the situation is Nothing he can do. I'm like, hey, man. He's like, you know, we'll try and get you back in here as soon as we can. It might be like three or four weeks. I'm like, without pay? Without notice? Like, that's crazy. And you, out of all people. Yeah. So, you know, I dropped my girlfriend off at at school. She was going to Drexel at the time. And I was making my way home. And, uh, you know, I remember praying, thanking God for the opportunity to work with these young men. Um, to be able to serve and to be able to help, you know, guide, you know, some of these young men to a better life and to at least put them on a different path that would you know, at least allow them to live and not have to go back to the streets or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I just, I remember thinking of them, I wasn't bitter or I wasn't mad or anything like that. So I get home and, you know, my mom and I were sitting down having lunch. And while we were having lunch, I got an email from NFL Films saying that I had made it to the interview stage. Um, and I was like, that's great. You know, I was like, I'm thinking to myself, wow. The same day I got let go, the same day that I thank, I thank God for the opportunity of working and not, and, and not being bitter, it's the same day I got an interview for NFL Films. And I knew that that period between when I got the call and when I got the email was a huge test about where I was with char- character-wise, how I was gonna be tested as a man and how God was going to test me to see how I'd handle the situation. You know, I, I look at the story of Job in the Bible a lot about how God took everything from him, but he still praised him no matter what. And in return, God gave him abundance afterwards. 
So I had my interview for NFL Films. I walked in there. I had a three-piece suit on. I was looking better than Court. And I went to my interview, and I told him I knew Cortland. I told him I knew these other people. And I, I remember when I was getting ready to walk in, I remember thinking to myself as I'm sitting there, I'm not going to sit in another interview ever again. I don't want to interview for anything else. I was like, this will be it. I will say what I have to say. I will do what I have to do. I was like, this is it. I'm not doing this again. And this was for the voiceover job? <clears throat> this is for become an intern. As a, as a, in the producer's department oh. because I just I just needed to get out of my job I just I just I couldn't do it anymore I couldn't be treated like that anymore it was to the it, it was to the point where it was frustrating like it was dry it drove me crazy and what did you I, get your degree in I got my degree is in mass communication okay so whether it's behind the camera or in front of the camera we you know we learned we, we were taught and learned about all advanced video editing storytelling directing producing I had a pretty decent amount of experience coming out of college I mean, enough to be able to teach. And that's um, what you taught the kids? Mm-hmm. Okay. I taught them video production. Oh, okay. And, um, yeah, I should have explained that. I was teaching in my field, which was nice. And on top of that, I was the school's content producer. So I'd go around and film events, um, edit highlights, post them online. You were doing a lot for $10 an hour. Tell me about it. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. I didn't want. I didn't want to. I didn't want extra. I just wanted what everyone else got. That's all I was asking for. Just so I can save. You know, I was fresh out of school. I wanted to save, put some money away. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, I went into my interview, and they're looking at me like, you know, why do you want to leave your job as a teacher to work here? And I'm like, well, this is NFL Films. <laughs> I was like, I'll do whatever I got to. I was like, if that means I got to make eight twenty-five and drive an hour to get here, I will do it. You know, and I and I told him I was like, I will come in here and said I will outwork everybody. I said I will learn, I will be a sponge, and I will I will be as respectful as possible. But I was like, I'm coming here to work. I was like, I'm coming here to put it in and get out of it what I need to to learn and continue to grow as an individual. And they were looking at me like, yeah. So you know, I had my I and I and I I cursed. I forgot what I said. I was like, I'll you know I'll do. I'll do whatever I have to do, or something. I think I should stop it. I just, I think I said damn, or something like that. I don't think I was like too over the top, but I said like, you know, I was like, you best believe I will damn well show work for eight twenty five if that means that I get to come here every day and do it and something like that. It was, it was like super inspirational. It was crazy. Did so, they laugh at you? Nah, like they were, they, they were like, they were kind of just looking at me. I didn't know at the time, but I talked to them since then because I became tight with both of the people that interviewed me. Mm-hmm. And, um, they were kind of just like, okay, like, are we sure we want to bring this guy in as an intern? And where I'm about to go now is, so after my interview, I had to go back to the school because there was a football game. It was homecoming that night. So I had to go work. I was shooting the game and I get an email from the guy that I met at the career fair. And he was like, Hey, I just got a call from the internship coordinators. And they said that you rocked your interview. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, great, and I and he was just like, "We'll talk soon." I was like, "Okay." So the school ends up wanting to bring me on board full time and pay me full time, which you know it was thirty thousand dollars a year. I was like, "Okay, whatever, I'll take it." I'm just trying to. It's a stepping stone. I need to get paid. So on Monday, I sign on my paperwork to become a full time teacher. On Wednesday, I get a phone call from NFL Films, and they're like, "Hey." Um, we know you applied for the internship. And she said that, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, I'm not getting it. Like, I'm like, it's over. 
And she's like, well, she's like, actually, she's like, we want to offer you a, a producer's job instead. And I was like, I'm on the phone like this, covering my mouth, eyes wide open, because they're, they're bypassing me for the internship program to bring me on board as, as, a, as a producer. And, you know, I, I remember that night I broke down. I broke down because I was like, wow, I didn't, I didn't even know. And uh, um, that was Wednesday. That Friday, I put my two weeks in at the school. So the same same week I got hired is the same week I quit, and um, got my got started working at NFL. And they told me they wanted to bring me in right away. The internship didn't start until like March, or it didn't start until um, February. They brought me in in December. They're like, "Yeah, we want to bring you in now, get you to work now." I was like, "Okay, let's do it," and I, I did. I had to wait a couple of weeks and got all my processing done. Went to the FBI background check and everything like that. I took a week off work, relaxed, got my life together, and started on my new journey on NFL Films. So, that's how I got there. It's a it's a long story, I know. But, <laughs> it was, um, you know, I don't share it often, because sometimes, uh, well, one, I feel like it loses its value when you share it all the time. It's kind of weird. Um, I don't really, and I also don't like talking about myself like that all the time. Um, but I'm, it is a, it's a testimony. Um, man, I, sometimes I think back and I'm just like, man. So every once in a while I go visit the guy that I met at the career fair because he, <laughs> turns out he's the senior audio mixing supervisor at NFL Films and he's got about 40 Emmys. And, um, you know, I go talk to him every once in a while and just, I continue to thank him even to this day. And he hates it when I go in there and thank him. But um, mm -hmm. but he knows him, you know, he just, he knows how, how grateful I am and how appreciative I am um, that he... Because all I, all I wanted was somebody to just give me an opportunity. That's all I could have asked for. And who in God's name would have thought that the NFL would have came knocking and right. said, hey, we got this guy, you know, where I apply for an internship and they give me a job. Right. And then on top of that, I'm teaching at this school and I can't even get $30,000 a year. Right. You know what I mean? So it shows you how some people view value over other people. Right. Or companies. So... Yeah, they loved you in the interview, and it was like, oh, we would be a fool to pass you up. Exactly, exactly. I was overqualified. They ended up telling me, like, you know, like last two years ago, that I was that I was. They're like, you were so overqualified for the internship. They're like, we don't even know why you applied for the internship. Right. I was like, I don't know. I just figured that's what we had to do. It. They're like, you could have just applied for the PA position. And I was like, oh, I was like, well, because it don't matter now, anyways. And they're like, oh no, not really, but. Right. Uh, but yeah, so I, you know, they were just like you were totally overqualified, and we were, and they told me that they were looking for somebody out of that internship candidate pool that they could have possibly brought on as a producer, and I ended up being the guy. So then I ended up editing and writing and directing, and I had skills in post production. You know, there were things about post production that I knew more about Cortland, and Cortland was a full timer there. And not to, I'm not bashing Court, and Court can tell you that himself. You know, I, I'm, I have a lot of uh, a very dense technical background. Um, when it comes to media management, because when I was working at the school, I was in charge of managing an entire shop by myself, filling out requisitions because I was a manager. So, you know, it was, there was just a lot of things that I knew going into films that some of the other producers didn't know. Um, so, and not bashing anybody, it's just, that's just my back, just some of the background that I built up. So, and it was, and, and going to NFL Films happened, you know, and ended up changing my life. So, and here we are. So, what's your dream job as a voice actor? 
<clears throat> you know, I don't really have a dream job. I had a dream, not Martin Luther King, <laughs> but I had a dream. Um, my biggest dream was that I just wanted, I wanted to be heard. That was it. It's a very simple dream. And if you think about it, I didn't need to, I, I don't need to be at the level or or at the status of what I'm doing now to achieve that dream, right? Being heard, if I'm heard by one person or by millions of people, I feel the same way because I understand the impact of how one person's life can change if you spend the time and if they listen um, to what you have to say. I learned early on that, you know, I, with the voice that God gave me, have the ability to inflict emotion and change how people can feel about something. And it doesn't have to be serious. It can be sports. It, I mean, it mainly is sports. But I was a uh, public address announcer for the Camden River Sharks. Um, I interned there after college. And I learned there that, you know, I got to meet people and I got to talk to people because I'd walk around the stadium and do my in and outs. I was on the field and I got to announce and stuff like that and do the fun games and stuff. And, you know, people were having fun and people got to, you know, and people were happy. I could see people and because the team was terrible, you know, they, they were so bad. You know, the team doesn't even exist anymore. They were so bad. You know, they were horrible. But the the best part about the game were all the things that I got to announce, you know, mm -hmm. so all the mini games and all the prizes, the sumo wrestling fights and the sack races and all that stuff. That was so much fun. And I realized that I would have the ability to make people feel a certain type of way. And that's a very powerful thing if you think about it. In just the grand scheme of life, if you can make people feel something, that's a powerful tool or a powerful mm -hmm. gift. So, like I said, whether it's one person or a million people, um, and I'm fortunate enough where I have been heard by millions of people um, that have no idea who I am, but when they hear me, uh, my name is synonymous, or when it, my voice is synonymous with the top 100, or inside the NFL, or it was Harry Connick Jr.'s show, you know. So that's that is, um, you know, that that's 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 the best part about what I do, I guess, you know, and, and I continue, I'm, you know, trying to continue to better myself and things like that, because I guess my new goal is I just want my voice to be synonymous with, you know, whatever, whether it's football, whether it's, you know, Discovery Channel, or whether it's this movie or whatever, I just want people to see something and be, or hear me and say, oh, yeah, that's the guy. That's my goal. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've done work for NFL Films and Discovery Channel? Um, I've done work for NFL Films, Investigation Discovery, which is owned by Discovery. Okay, um, keep going. Um, so currently working with Investigation Discovery, mm -hmm. um, I'm contracted for a five-part true crime series called The Killer Closer. <laughs> and, then, uh, <laughs> um, and then I'm also working with the History Channel right now. Um, I just recently did some commercial spots with Fandango. Um, I've worked with CBS Sports, um, ESPN, Fox Sports One, NBC, uh, CBS in Philly, uh, WSB TV down in Atlanta. 
so you know i'm kind of just um everywhere <laughs> not yet not yet i'm get, i'm trying to get there we almost there we almost there the mlb network getting yeah, there so i just want to continue to just i just want my voice to just be synonymous with a company or an organization um you know and just 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 continue to just get better that's all which one was your favorite I know it's a lot. Um, that's hard. I don't know if I have a favorite. I I I think my favorite. I have like really like So one was I did Hey Rookie um, for ESPN. So Hey Rookie, I just did my second season on that. This year was great because it was Saquon Barkley. I'm pumped. I'm a Giants fan, so it felt good, but. I'm gonna make that Uh The first year that I did, Hey Rookie, it was like Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, John Connor, um, uh, Mitchell Trubisky. I knew that NFL Films had heard something different in my voice on a previous spot that I had did for a different show. And I knew somebody heard that one spot I did and said, hmm, you know, he may be able to do this. Let's try him. And I did. And I knew that I was able to create a character completely from scratch to go along with the show. And I just had fun reading the lines. I, I don't know. I just had a great time. Um, but the other one, my favorite was this investigation discovery piece that I'm doing. I always watched growing up like those like murder mysteries, Gangland, you know, all that hype mm-hmm. stuff. And it was kind of it was really cool because the story was crazy. I mean, the chick was she plotted a whole murder against her husband, like <laughs> her sister. It was it was crazy. I'm sitting there like in my hotel watching the piece before we had our session. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. So like, it's cool knowing that like you getting to narrate something yeah. cool like that. And you know I mean? so, and people are listening to you, and they can like you're making them feel a certain way when they're listening to. It. It's like, wow, he about yeah. to slit her throat. Like exactly, yeah. exactly. So yeah, it, it adds a weight, like this, like drama. Uh-huh. Like it's. I don't know how to explain it. So, how does one go about training their voices? Um, every, man, there's so many different places to get coaching and acting. And I don't know. I mean, just practice. I I spent so much time practicing that Optimus Prime thing that I did at Cortland State. I spent like three years trying to get that down. Mm-hmm. Um, just forcing my throat, which is very, it's really not good. But I was like, uh, uh, you know, just hurting. Um, but it was, you know, and it came out really good. Lots of watching television, movies, trying to manipulate, just trying, practicing. Mm-hmm. Um, the coaching that I'm getting is really not about voice manipulation. It's about approaching how do you approach the, the script that you were given? How do you, how, what do you, what type of character are you going to be able to create and how do you create it? Because everybody's voice is so unique, you know, you want to learn the fundamentals of voice acting, like breathing and all that type of stuff, which is extremely important. But, you know, companies, when they're looking for a voice, they're not necessarily buying your voice. They are in a way, but they're really buying your perspective. So your job as a voice actor is to give perspective. It's, uh, it really is an art. It, it's, uh, you know, we are artists in what we do. It's, um, you know, and I look at some of my colleagues and they're so talented. They're so good. I look up to them. You know, I'm, I'm grateful that I have black colleagues that are crushing the game. 
We have one, like, we have one college, he's so big, we don't even see this dude. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he's, I mean, I've spoken to him on the phone, he's mentored me, he sent me to different coaches, he's mentored my other buddy, um, and we're, and it's funny because the three of us are signed to the same talent agency. So, you know, we, you know, we, we get invited to the same events, um, and stuff like that, and, and it's, it's a really small community of top-end voice actors, and I, and I'm not saying it like that to make it sound like we're better than everybody else Mm -hmm. but i mean the best way to explain it is that we are in the nfl of what we do um and there's no doubt about i have no doubt about that now like i'm literally competing with the best of the best in our industry um and my colleague who's younger than me is beating out a lot of these legends like he's like a rookie we're like rookies you know what i mean but we're rookies that are outperforming veterans and uh, and I'm not you know I'm not trying to be cocky and I'm just, <laughs> there is some truth to it though. No, and I hear he's you. Like I mean, he is killing it, and he'll call me and or he'll text me that, bro. I just beat out you know Ashton Smith, or I just if he says he beats if he tells me he beats out Howard Parker, I'm hopping right on the phone, and be like, bro, I'm coming down to Texas, we're coming to celebrate right. because you know guys, when you hear names like that in our industry, those are like the like the Samuel L. Jacksons or like the you know, like the Denzels, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like guys that when they get on screen, you already know that it's going to be, even if they don't get nominated for an Oscar, it doesn't matter. It's going to be a great performance. You know what I mean? So it's like when we when we find out that we get jobs over those guys like that, you know, I found out that I took, I don't want to say took, mm-hmm. but the Harry Connick Jr. job that I was doing was being done by a guy like that before me. And I ended up, picking up the show after him and like um and somebody told me that they're like oh you know joseph Briano was doing the show before you and i was like what mm. and they're like yeah so like and, and when i found that out i'm like oh my gosh like so to know that we can come in as young as we are and compete and win is uh is a huge um it's like a huge i guess i don't want to say compliment but it's just a huge it's a great feeling knowing that we're not that we belong here that's that's the good way to say it. we belong at this level. Right. So you can do a ton of voices, huh? <laughs> Not a ton. <laughs> Not a ton, but some, right? Yeah. I can do a few. Yeah, I can do a few, and I yeah. <laughs> so so let me hear something. Um, I heard you did an Optimus uh, Prime one, yeah. um, and I think you did an amazing job. So let's let the listeners hear. Of of Optimus. Yeah. You um, need me to turn my head? <laughs> no, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> Before time began, there was the cube. We hail from Cybertron in search of the Allspark. Megatron has landed here hundreds of years ago, fleeing our planet from warfare. But we live here now among its people, hiding in plain sight, waiting protecting i am optimus prime and i send this message to any surviving autobot taking refuge among the stars we are here we are waiting wow (laughs) what's another one um it's not so so some of my other voices I'm, i'm really trying to i've been working on the joker but some of my other voices are just like they're like templates 
that I keep in the back of my head. So when a voice is needed, I modify it to try and fit what the buyer wants. Mm -hmm. So Optimus is a template. Um, I try to take the Joker and like modify him. <laughs> oh, that's just so cocky. You know, so I try to work on him. Yeah, just working on him for a little bit. Yeah. You're dope. You're amazing. There's no <laughs> doubt in my mind that you will go far. Like, you're yeah. great. And thank you. Thank you. Sky's bro. the limit for you. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, I'm just trying to tackle, um, you know, one part of the industry at a time. You know what I mean? I'm trying not, because this, like you said, it's going to be a lifelong journey for me in doing what I do, and there's no rush. So, like, dwell in the space that I'm in now and then build and try to move on and continue to do what I'm doing. But, and once I've got this down, move on and just keep, you know, just want to keep going. So, just want to keep going. Keep going. Sky's yeah. the limit. Yeah. So, before I sit down with my guests, I have to do my little social media check. And it's, it's always oh. a good thing. Yeah. It's always a good thing because I always find out something interesting or unique about my guests. So you're a foodie. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. love to eat. I love food. Food is life. Bacon is life. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about EJ Grubbs. Oh, man. So EJ Grubbs is something that I literally started earlier this year, but I have been documenting my food for like two or three years now. And one of my good boys, who left NFL Films to go work up in New York City? He works for um, People Magazine, um, but he's a he's a, actually a food editor um, for them. And before he left NFL Films, I remember I went to some food festival and I showed him like a picture or something, and he was like, "Dude, you gotta start posting these somewhere." And I was like, "Man, nobody wants to see that." He's like, "Bro, I'm telling you, post it." And I was like, "All right." Mm -hmm. so I started posting my pics, and. Um, yeah, I just start posting them. I, I like to eat. I go out to eat maybe once a week. I document it, and then what I'm trying to do is turn it into, um, I start critiquing the food. And I want to actually turn EJ Grubbs into something much bigger. Um, you know, I'm trying to continue to speak it into existence. But I want it to be more of, I want it to actually become something on, along the lines of an ad agency for restaurants, but also to become... Um, uh, an influential place for people to come to get advice about what they're going to eat if they want a suggestion and I'm I give a breakdown if you mm -hmm. notice in the post of how it tastes what the flavors are like um, Because the one thing about food media that in today's world is that we see what the food looks like and it looks so good But it could taste like garbage Exactly and you wouldn't know you would just and it, you're just like man this looks so good but we're lo you know we're losing in a way what food actually tastes like you know and in the concept of going out to try food because it's good versus going to try food because it looks good so i just want to i want to bring the capability of seeing or and having people see what looks good but also what tastes good too so i want to let them know what what the flavors are like and how it, how they marry each other and what you know other options they can get if there are like I did the ice cream post from Virginia and how they can get a swirl of two different flavors if they want to or if they want to go the route that I did and got one or whatever so you know it's 
Yeah, I, I like food. I love food. <laughs> uh, food is life. Yes, it uh, is. Yeah, so that's EJ Grubbs in a nutshell. Well, I love the, I love it. I love the name. I love the pictures. The pasta you posted was that last night. Yeah. I never yeah. seen any pasta with bacon in it, and I love bacon. Now oh. you lost me at sausage, but you had me at bacon. Yeah, nah, bacon, and on top of it, so that pasta, man. All right, so now we gotta, I gotta go back in. So the <laughs> pasta that I had, it was the 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 pasta itself. The noodles were tossed in this creamy cheese, cheese parmesan sauce. Mm-hmm. So that's on the bottom. But then I want you to take all the stuff that you saw on top. So that was Roma tomatoes cut up. Mm. It was sausage, onions, peppers, mm. and bacon and pepperoni. Ooh! It was like it was like a meat lovers pizza mm-hmm. on top of it. I love it. Uh, like I said, I love the name and I love the caption even more. What was that? Big guy, big foodie. Uh, big guy, even bigger. Foodie. Even bigger yeah. foodie, yeah. And you are a big guy. How tall are you? So I'm six five. Oh. Yeah, I'm a big dude. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm a large, large individual, large foodie too. I see. So you are a voice actor. Mm-hmm. You've done work for NBC. NFL films, true crime series, Discovery, the History Channel, Fandango, and the list goes on. So a lot of people would say, like, you know, this is it for you. You you've done it all. You've made it. But is this the end for you? To be honest with you, I am just now feeling what it's like to attempt to scratch the surface. Um. You know, and I feel like that's one of the one of the things that I've learned about my life and myself as a person is that I've never been, I've never ever felt like wherever I was was that was it. I always look towards the future. I'm always optimistic, but something my dad always told me growing up: you have to keep moving forward. Because if you stand in the same place, you know, life is going to go by without you. And you have to continue to progress and continue to get better and continue to move on. It's so important for whatever it is that anybody is doing in life to just continue to move forward. Because if you move forward, you'll never be in the same place that you were the day before. If you move 10% further than you were uh, tomorrow versus today, you will be 10% further tomorrow than you were today. Or if you take one step, one step is a small step, but a hundred small steps is a big distance. So you can still move forward, even if it's at a slower pace or if it's at a smaller pace, it's okay, just move forward. So I never feel like this is it. I There's so much I wanna do. I wanna do movie trailers. Um, I wanna get into doing an animated, you know, doing animation. I wanna do video games. I wanna do all of it. But I have so much, so much more to learn. I have so much more to work on. And I am aware enough to know that, you know. So, and I never, I don't ever think I'm great. Somebody came up to me last week at the conference, or two weeks ago at the conference, and they were like, oh my God, like you're the voice of Inside the NFL. Like, I'm so honored 
I was like, for what? Like, I'm garbage. Even though I know I'm not terrible, you know, but I don't see it the way that other people see it. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm out here. I do my job. I love what I do. And I continue to push. I continue to move on. So it's never, I never wanted to be one dimensional or two dimensional. I wanted to be able to be fit into different things and be able to adapt and go. So that's, um, it's not the end. It's not the, this isn't, this is literally the beginning. Like I'm still at the beginning. This is a long, long, long uh, life and journey of, of voice acting, and I'm just happy that I get to go on the roller coaster for the ride. You know, no matter where or where you are or what you're doing in your career or at your job, think about where you want to be and what you really want to do. And once you do that, think about how many steps you may have to take to get there and then once you do that take the first step so tell everybody where they can find you at on social media cool you guys can follow me at enrique j media so that's e-n-r-i-q-u-e j and the media on instagram if you want to follow my food page literally e-j grubs and that's g-r-u-b-z um if you're hungry and live in a tri-state area follow up brother i give you some good recommendations you can always dm me for questions i have even stuff i haven't posted i still have a ton of great recommendations for around the area um and then yeah i try to post my work um on enrique j media so you can hear what i'm voicing and hear what i'm working on um thanks for having me i really appreciate it and that was enrique joseph's jr y'all wow this is only the beginning of his journey and he is able to work for so many big names. How did he get there? You guys heard it here first. No matter where you are in life, think about where you want to be. Think about the many steps it'll take to get there. And then once you do that, take the first step. Thank you guys so much for listening. I truly appreciate it. And if you haven't already, please leave a review and be sure to like and subscribe to Inside It with Lanisha David on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Follow my journey, y'all. I'm out. Remind me not to lose myself. That's when the rain gets to fall. It's coming down on me. Feels like the weight of the world was blind, but now I see that it's just holy.